If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We'll send it to a neutral custodian who will keep chain of custody, and our professional expert will examine it, and we'll find out, is it genuine or is it a fraud? That's Roy Moore's lawyer arguing that uh, handwriting experts need to take a look at a yearbook signing from Roy Moore to determine whether that's actually him. They're yeah. kind of getting away from the, uh, the, the, the meat of the allegations. Well, desperate times call for desperate measures, I think. And uh, <clears throat> and with Steve Bannon coming out yesterday saying he's going to put Roy Moore in a grave himself, <clears throat> uh, you know, he's, he's losing a lot of support. You know what's interesting about this? we got a guest to talk about. Maybe he can weigh in on this. But So, on, on one hand, the, the balance of power, you know, hangs in the balance. How's that for writing? <clears throat> um, of whether or not the Republicans control the Senate. On the other hand, with the, the news today on the tax thing, there's no indication that the Republicans having 50 senators gets them anywhere anyway. To discuss this and other stories before us, we've invited Tim Young, Washington Examiner reporter and video journalist to the show. Tim, how are you, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Glad to hear it. Hey, uh, are you on the Twitter? I was trying to find you. I was going to suggest people follow you. I am. It's uh, Tim Runs His Mouth. <laughs> Good one. Like it. That's beautiful. All right, we'll jot that down. Make sure people uh, start following you because we enjoy your work. So, listen, we we're uh, we we're talking about Tom Steyer's ads at the end of last hour. He's pushing for impeachment. 
Um, is that getting any uh, any momentum? Is that what uh, Nancy Pelosi was responding to the other day? You know, I think so, but I don't. I don't think it's going anywhere. This is just a billionaire who's got a vendetta against Trump. It's it's really a big nothing burger. This entire campaign with him, but. You know, the the Democrats uh, filed those articles of impeachment the other day, and I think more people should be upset that Maxine Waters' name wasn't included as one of those Democrats going forward, since she's always screaming impeachment. Yeah, it's funny. I'd assume she was uh, in the middle of that. Who is who is the engine? Uh, you know, it's back to uh, – it escapes me now. Al Green is one of the guys who's been pushing it forever. There you go. He, But she has been out. She was at some glamour awards party screaming impeach, impeach. She's busy being the, the face in Hollywood and getting all the media attention without doing the actual So, work. So why didn't Nancy Pelosi come out and say now is not the time to talk about it? Does she just feel like it, it, it uses up some of their energy or – yeah, absolutely, and they don't have anything good to uh, to file those articles of impeachment on. It's a symbolic thing, so it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. If they actually think that they can get something, this really knocks their case eventually. Yeah, gotcha. it makes them look foolish. I mean, if they go off half-cocked, and they can mm-hmm. never do it again, I think, and, and she's uh, hoping and praying for that day. So, listen, I know you're writing about uh, Roy Moore today. What's, uh, what's the gist of your piece? Uh, well, here's the thing. Roy, <laughs> he... He is probably the the epitome of how not to respond to sexual assault uh, allegations or sexual harassment allegations. This guy, it's almost like, in, and you guys were talking about how they're going after the yearbook now. And by the way, there's enough handwriting experts on Twitter right now that have circles and red lines under words that say that things are off. Sure. But this, this guy, his team can't get it together. And the, the Bernie Bernstein a uh, robocall that came out claiming to be a Washington Post reporter paying for stories. Uh, it's every every bit of this, every aspect of this has been replied to in the wrong way. And it makes him look even more guilty than what he may or may not be. Well, I'm just glad my 18-year-old daughter is about out of the woods, Roy Moore-wise, so she's almost <laughs> safe. Um, wow. So, uh, listen, let's, so I, I feel like Roy uh, is a, uh, a sausage on the uh, the grill, and he's he's sputtering and 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 kind of rolling over himself. He's done. Take him well, off. He's Put him on the plate. Win if the election's held today. What? I, I bet he wins by two points. Wow. So then what? <laughs> then he, he goes in and he can just Joe Biden every woman in Congress, right? That's like his next. Oh death, no! His stop next phase it. In his career. Well, no. Mitch McConnell would try to drum him out, though. Seriously, I mean, if he gets elected, what do Mitch and company do? Uh, well, I think they're going to try to have him. Uh, they're going to try to keep him out and just leave the seat completely empty. So this will be it'll be very interesting to see how they respond if he gets elected. Do you think they could boot him out? I know there are rules in place that haven't been used in a gazillion years. And, and I've heard some analysts say the Democrats, because I think you need the two thirds vote of the Senate. Democrats wouldn't go along with it because they like the Republicans having this problem, which is about as cynical a politics as I've ever heard in my life. Keeping a child molester in the Senate because it hurts the other side. It. it that may be what they do. I mean, who knows? At, at this point, in, in the way the political uh, game has been played over the past year, year and a half, that sounds like something the Democrats would do. They'd want to keep him in there and then put him up as the poster child of Senate Republicans. I find that abhorrent and hilarious. And likely. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I've got to admit, I think I've turned some sort of corner. I just, it is so hilariously, bitterly cynical. I almost enjoy it on one level. I think I, think I may have cracked. <laughs> Tim Young of the Washington Examiner is on the line. Uh, Tim, I see a note that you're, uh, you're doing a little writing about the uh, DOJ looking into the leaks. Um, some, you know, putting partisanship aside, I mean, people are actually leaking stuff that has 
uh, you know, a fundamental relationship to national security. It's a serious thing. What's happening? Yeah, 27 investigations. It was really interesting because when Sessions testified in front of uh, Congress the other day, I thought it was going to be mainly about Russia and the back and forth kind of he said, she said, I didn't do it. I forget, whatever. Well, that's but all the started. coverage. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it really seems like. And then there were bits and pieces in the middle of it that were really hot nuggets, one of which uh, he was asked about the leaks and whether or not their investigations, 27 of them going on. So I think we're going to see something here and we're going to see something turn uh, and somebody get turned in from the intelligence community within the next year. Wow, that'll be interesting. Huh. Uh, and yeah. and well, and who would be on the the wrong end of that? Who's who's going to be in trouble with all uh, those leaks? You know, maybe maybe we'll have another. What what was the last person's name? Something winner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Reality winner. Reality winner. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering: is this is this one party or the other, or have both parties? Uh... Oh, this is going to be the Democrats. Okay. These are going to be uh, long term left leaning people that that wanted to. Uh, discredit Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's the fruit has fallen from the trees for guys like you, Tim. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the list of the stuff you're covering. Is there? I mean, what's it like when you show up for work in the morning, or when you wake up in the morning and take a look at your smartphone? <laughs> you just kind of groan, and then, like you said, there's there's a point now where you laugh. You, it's this uncomfortable laugh, like I can't believe that happened, but it's happening. We're in a generation now, I think, where we're seeing both sides of when politics were normal and when they've gone crazy. You know, like 10, 20 years from now, it'll be like kids that don't know what window cranks are in cars. R- right. You, right. Could, you, could be, you could be right about that. Yeah, I wonder, although, you know, when politics was quote-unquote uh, normal, the, uh, the, the national debt was, was doubling every administration and everybody was getting rich. Both sides were pretending to fight while they were enriching uh, themselves. And so, you know, I'm not so fond of quote unquote normal politics either. I, w- you know, what's next is the really fascinating question. What, what follows Trump? Is it, is it Oprah against the rock? Uh, do we go further down this road? Is there a new seriousness? Who knows? Uh, you know, it, and it's wide open. And you're talking about the normal that neither one of us are uncomfortable with from years ago. Uh, you know, the left is starting to turn on Bill Clinton now about uh, turning on his the alleged victims of his harassment. So, like, that was also accepted then. Now it's, you know, not, it was never okay to uh, victim blame and harass victims of sexual harassment. But now, at least, it's coming to light. And the media, if you're looking at it like a box in Atlantic, have already turned on Bill Clinton. Uh, it's. I think it's going to be a very interesting time. Well, let's never forget the snarling pit bull at the end of Bill's chain was named Hillary. She was the designated hatchet man for the accusers. But, well, all right, bitter, cynical times. Tim Young, Washington Examiner reporter and video journalist. Uh, follow him at Tim Runs His Mouth. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, okay, fabulous. Tim, it's always fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's do it again. And he is also covering the story, uh, which maybe we'll talk about later. Um, New York Times got a huge piece out today about how difficult it is to bring forward uh, sexual harassment charges in Washington, D.C., in the federal government. It's all set up in such a way that they, they provide like legal counsel and emotional support to the accusee. Right. And not to the accuser. And the accuser has to go through a month of counseling or something yeah, before they while do you're anything? Staying, while you're staying in your job, working right. for the same dude that you know is feeling you up in, in, right. in certain situations. Which it's only slightly more enlightened than the situation in the great progressive capital of Sacramento, California, where if you brought up an accusation, you would simply be fired. You would lose your job and the accuser would go on their merry way. So, yeah. 
Those of you with faith in government, just not quite sure where it's coming from. There are good people in government, no doubt, but so uh, a lot of scum. You got the stories we're not talking about today at some point, Sean, our new feature? Yes, yes, absolutely. How do they look? Stories we won't be covering. Ooh, it's a, it's a little thin, but there there's a couple good there's a couple good nuggets. Uh, admittedly, I had the uh, the Da Vinci painting was one of the things. Oh, so I'm sorry looking at, about no, that. No, 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 please. Sorry it's, about that. If it's a story you guys covering, it doesn't belong in the segment anyway. So that's it's a it's a self fulfilling argue that. Yes. <laughs> Are they hot nuggets? I like the phrase Tim used. Our guest. That's I got fabulous. a couple of hot nuggets. <laughs> room temperature. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll have that later in the program. So we got that going for us, which is nice. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Communications director Anthony Scaramucci is reportedly in talks with publishers about a book chronicling his tenure in the White House. A book? <laughs> you were there for 10 days. At best, you could release a fortune cookie. That's <laughs> yeah, amusing. <clears throat> and he is dating, in theory, Kimberly Guilfoyle? What? Yeah, what? They're a thing. What? Son of a... Stop it. Yeah. New York Post has been on that for uh, for a while now. Do you find that painted lady attractive, Sean? Am I thinking of the right one? Let me find out. Uh, 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 yeah, well, uh, uh, old, she's, uh, she's not my type, but I think she'd be described uh, in general as quite attractive. She's and scary smart looking and, to me. I uh, know she's weird looking to me. Maybe it's a high def TV thing. Yeah, she's not my type. Uh, she's a little uh, overly made up for me, but you know. She probably wouldn't doesn't think much of me. She's so, very beautiful, and my reaction is more about Scaramucci than it is about her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just still pretty shocking the idea of uh, those two together. I'm telling you that look she has, it's not human, and I'm <laughs> a fan of human. Oh, hey, that reminds me. Wow. Hot nugget here. <laughs> this is. Uh, uh, oh, here it is. Yeah, uh, alert, listener Judd, uh, uh, hipped us to this. Uh, a new app called Make App. It's like, well, it's a Make App. Uh, went wild online. He sent this uh, yesterday, I guess. It essentially, it basically lets you manipulate the makeup levels on pictures, adding, reducing, fully removing, etc. Um, and uh, this whipped in, up into a Class 10S storm as trolls went after every celeb out there posting uh, pictures run through the app. Um, Have you tried it? Does it look to be pretty... Uh, well, here's a bunch of uh, comparisons. Does it look pretty accurate? Like, well, Yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> there, there's Alex Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, and... Uh, there are some uh, celebs who are super heavily made up who you would not recognize walking down the street. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. That's a good point, Alex, and thanks. Um, on the other hand, like uh, Taylor Swift, it's just shocking. She's just uh, she's got the bone structure of uh, of a goddess. Um, on the other hand, you got uh, you know some of the older gals. 
<laughs> or, or not to... Some of the older it's not, gals. It's not so flattering. It's I mean, a, Tina Fey here, for instance. Let me see. It's They're calling it the Hagening. <laughs> Hashtag the Hagening. Uh, yeah. That well, seems mean in spirit. It does. It's just, R- just... And isn't there too much meanness already in the world? That's why I brought this up. It's mean-spirited, <laughs> and I do not appreciate it. I was it. just going to say, culturally, it's, it's, just, it's, it's interesting that it still exists in the year 2017, and that... That it's interesting to me that it either exists for women or that it hasn't also transferred to men. I mean, because you can make your appearance much better yeah. by adding some products. So I'm surprised right. it either hasn't expanded to men or gone away, one or the other. That it's still just one gender can change drastically the way they look and make themselves look much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't mind a little uh, little eye makeup. We're going out for the evening, uh, whatever. That's fine. It looks very nice. But I don't know what happened to me in my childhood. Something traumatic, I guess. I like girls the way God made them. I, I, I don't need the makeup. I think your breasts are fine as they are. Uh, the the airbrushed uh, gals in Playboy look ridiculous to me. I like girls the way God made them. So I don't know. I just the super made up look. Maybe that's my problem with Kimberly Guilfoyle. She looks clownish to me. Very smart gal. I have nothing but respect for her intellect. I would be delighted to work with You're her. You're just here to mock her appearance. Just, no, no, no. No. No, indeed. I'm here to defend real women by mocking her appearance, apparently. It's, uh, boy, this I, is. That wasn't my intent. This is probably not the right conversation to have with a whole bunch of dudes and no woman involved. Mm hmm. But, uh, has there ever been any psychological profile? And I, I don't know if this is anything good or bad, but, because it seems pretty. Clear to me that pretty early on, women commit to either one track or the other. I'm either going to be makeup person or or not. Yeah. Seems to me, yeah, just based on my experience of knowing women, yeah. dating various women. It was funny. I was just thinking about my daughter, and I don't talk about you know my kids uh, some of the stuff because they deserve their privacy. Number one, and and they're still learning who they are, but. Uh, my my youngest little D is uh, she's a very attractive young woman, and uh, at one point she seemed to be on the makeup everyday train, and I think she's decided it's it's too much of a pain. Yeah, and I wonder what that means. I don't know. I'm not trying to assign any good thing or bad thing, but I just wonder if there's any other common characteristics that go with I've decided to do this versus this. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at this one uh, woman. I don't even know who she is. She looks to be some starlet or like super attractive news anchor or something. And I look at her makeup picture, and I think, oh, there's a scar, uh, a starlet or really uh, attractive news anchor woman. I look at her unmade-up picture, and it's like my heart goes boom, boom, boom. She's my type, evidently. Uh, the unmade-up picture gave me like a human connection reaction that I don't get from the makeup picture, but that's just me. Moving along, transition music, Michael. This, there's no bridge from here to there. Well, maybe there is. <laughs> Too late. He started. It's a musical bridge. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Thank you very much. Uh, maybe this is. I don't know. I, I've got. We've ha- received this from a number of different sources. Mattel's newest doll, Hijab Barbie, the Muslim Barbie. Uh, Frequent correspondent Jeff sent us this link, but it's linked to a website that sounds awfully too good to be true Russian-y and was having trouble uh, loading. 
Is there actually a Muslim Barbie coming out? Yes, it is. Uh, it is modeled after the uh, American bronze medalist in fencing, who was uh, one of the. I, I believe remember the, that the first to wear a hijab during competition. I remember uh, that. her. Uh, the this Barbie's face is modeled after her, and there's this is a real thing. This okay. Is thing. All right. Interesting. Because this website seemed awfully Russiany to me. And speaking of polarization and everybody hating everybody for their politics, uh, can I use the name? Yeah, Bryn. All right, so what's up, A&G? And she has some thoughts on Blake Shelton winning the sexiest man, publicity stunt, nobody reads magazines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> he does have a super hot girlfriend, Gwen Stefani, may have played into it. But anyway, she says, anyway. Because he dumped his old super hot wife, Miranda Lambert, right? Right. Well, she's a little crazy, right? Don't we all agree she's a little kooky? Or all am I thinking, out of, uh, thinking of a different girl? All her songs are about being crazy, so uh, I don't know. Well, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a total nothing story, she writes. Eh, but her first paragraph I found riveting. Well, her first sentence. So last year, some of my family canceled their trips to visit around Christmas due to the election and not wanting to face Republican family members. Hmm. Wow. Anyway, this year they're coming out, and I feel like I need a list of non-politicized topics of conversation. That could be a great segment. I'm sure I'm not alone here. Just don't talk about politics. That's my list of topics. (laughs) That's that's wild. Just bring up literally anything else. And there you go. Now you're talking about not politics. Or, or, you know, who's who's the... Hopefully, you bring up sports, somebody brings up kneeling. (laughs) You bring up uh, Hollywood, you're on to... Oh, Lord. Harvey Weinstein and why Democrats wouldn't condemn Bill Clinton and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Right? who knows? (laughs) All right, then. And it's ruined. And we have all these leftovers. And they're going to go bad. So, uh, uh, is there a matriarch or patriarch in the family you can get with and say to them, Grandma... Listen, I need an ally in this. We get together, politics comes up, everybody gets angry, it ruins everything. People didn't even come out at Christmas last year. We're going to get together, I'm going to say, nobody's bringing up politics. Nobody's going to because it's going to ruin everything. Granny, I need you, you got to have my back. Need you to stand up, wave your cane around, whatever you do, and and join me on this. Because it's funny, I don't deal with this in my family, really. No, uh, so you're sitting there, everybody's quiet at the table, just the clinking of uh, forks on plates, and somebody says, How's it? <laughs> Don't you hate how vaccinations cause autism? Oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> how about, how's the job, Uncle Jim? Eh, you know. Ups and downs. Yeah, 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 sure enough. Clink. Trump's Hitler! <laughs> Did I ever tell you about that? I said, get I said, get him, get him! <laughs> Have I told you guys about jet fuel and steel beams? Have I told you guys that yet? <laughs> oh, oh, clink. Clink. That's not true. Clink. Clink. Uh, funny. Yeah, that's wild. Obama. Do you deal with that in your family? Uh, drop us a line. Tell us what that's like. That's rough. I'm sorry about that. My poor niece who actually canvassed for Bernie Sanders, big time Bernie Sanders supporter. Um, uh, she was in a room full of MAGA people for Christmas last year, definitely. <laughs> definitely a giant room full of MAGAs. So. How'd that go? Uh, she just, you know. That's fine. It was, but you know, I'm sure she got tired of hearing about it. Oh boy, yeah. Well, when you're in the minority, what's important is to remember is be quiet because you're wrong. You're a child. That's right. (laughs) 
Hashtag the Hagening. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Unfortunate. So like Blake Shelton. So actually, it's unfair toward men, the whole makeup thing. You have to be blessed with perfect skin to be hot as a man, whereas a woman, you just... You just Flatter on makeup. So you're the real victim here. Well, it's interesting, though. All you need is the bone structure. Right. And then you can put anything on it. Sure. On the other end, we can grow a beard. (laughs) Change things up a little bit. Right. Blake Shelton getting dimples. Come on, God. What's your plan there? Boy, I saw a guy last night at this event I was at. He had the Trivago haircut. He had hair as thick as a beaver. He had the big hipster beard. And the waxed mustache. Yes. And I couldn't decide if he was my hero or if I should berate him in public. <laughs> I couldn't decide. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Donald Trump tweeting this morning about possible major move being made by China to resolve the North Korean nuke problem. And the Internet going nuts over parts of Trump's White House speech yesterday. Oh, and one last note. Positive Sean, something for you. A heads up. The exact age millennials will have a quarter-life crisis. Minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Good to know. A quarter-life crisis. Yes. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Lying, cheating, screwed. Texts continue to pour in on the hot topic of the sexiest man alive, Blake Shelton. Miranda Lambert cheated on him, so he dumped her. An important detail, guys. There you go. Uh, straighten that out for you there. Okay. <laughs> Accuracy is our hallmark. She was on uh, Austin City Limits uh, Saturday night, coincidentally. His, mm. his ex-wife, Miranda Lambert, singing that He Ain't Seen My Crazy Yet song. Oh. That song is scary. Mm. That is scary. I don't know it. <laughs> it's a scary song mm. about dating a crazy chick. Oh, boy. Well, oh uh, boy. here's your news now. With there them. ought to be laws about disclosure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like you know, with homes. You get 60 days. 60 days, and yeah. you have to disclose everything. Yeah, he ain't seen my crazy yet. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump, during a White House speech yesterday, said he had renewed confidence a number of Asian nations he had just visited would be stepping up in the effort to get North Korea to eliminate its nuclear weapons development. Well, this morning, Trump is reacting to the announcement from China that the communist nation is sending a special envoy to North Korea tomorrow. It's going to be the first official visit between the two governments this year. And this morning, Trump is tweeting, this is a big move. We'll see what happens, exclamation point. Hmm. All right, I'll wait. China's going to do what serves their self-interest. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't see him. I predict little will occur, but who knows? Meanwhile, the Internet's having a fair amount of fun at the president's expense. You know, Trump had to stop multiple times during his speech to the nation yesterday for a few sips of water. It was inevitably compared to GOP Senator Marco Rubio's quick gulp of water during the State of the Union response in 2013. The irony? Well, Trump once mocked Rubio's drink during his 2016 campaign, and Rubio managed to get back tweeting yesterday, Well, it's very similar, Mr. Trump, but you need to work on your form. Has to be done in one single motion, and I should never leave the camera, but not bad. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, in the wake of this, I happened to see footage last night. (laughs) I should never leave the camera. That was what was weird about Marco Rubio. wrong, Marco. (laughs) So I saw that footage again last night, and I was reminded of how bizarre it is. Because he gets wide-eyed, and he's staring at the camera (laughs) wide-eyed, and he reaches over. I mean, it's like he's going to... 
like molest a cat and he knows yeah. how horrifying what he's about to do is the look on his face is inexplicable and he thinks and we bizarre. won't notice he thinks right. we won't notice <laughs> and he reaches over he quick glances at the water and he keeps staring at the camera right. he's staring he takes a drink he's still staring he puts the water back down he's still staring wide-eyed at the camera and then like Gollum, he comes back to it my precious speech it's just Marco, you look like a monster. That weird 30 seconds yeah. may have kept him from being president. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Which ain't good. Hey, I've got some possible breaking news. Right. Uh-oh. It's a Drudge Report headline, so, you know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Sometimes Drudge Report headlines turn out to be nothings. But they got the big red letters, Al Franken sex accusations. Whoa, no! So. Has he ever had any? I'm kind of surprised there. Does he have children? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Does he like girls? So, I don't know. So we'll keep our eye on this one. All right. Now on a uh, on a more serious oh, note, Senator Al Franken kissed and groped me without consent, and there's nothing funny about it. Says some woman. Mm. So uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on this. All right. Another note: the neighbor who became one of the first victims of the Northern California stupid angry coward earlier this week, gunman told a judge early, or she told rather a judge earlier this year that she and her family lived in fear of him. Haley Poland said in a request for a restraining order that the shooter was violent and unpredictable, firing off guns at all hours and threatening her with horrible things. Authorities, again, defending their actions between the granting of that restraining order and Tuesday's shooting, say they could not have predicted how dangerous he would be. Boy, some of the tales of heroism from that elementary school are amazing. The janitor, who was just fast-acting and decisive, and he... You know, at one point he stared down the killer. The killer started to shoot at him, which gave the teachers and the administrators time to finish the lockdown. And everybody did what they drilled, and it it could have saved the unthinkable. Yep. So, you know, tip of the cap to those folks up there for, you know, for for coming through in the clutch. Mm -hmm. One last note. We have the exact age millennials will have a quarter-life crisis. LinkedIn questioned over 6,000 people from the U.K., the U.S., Australia, India, and they found 75% of the respondents between 25 and 34 said they experienced a quarter-life crisis at the average age of 26 years and nine months. I guess I missed it. 60% reported they got stressed out about what career move they should be making next. 25%. Yeah, it's called uh, it's called being alive. Yeah, that's not a crisis. That's, uh, <laughs> that's called your twenties. Yeah. Oh, don't! I gotta support myself. Oh no! Wait a minute! Entirely on my own. <laughs> Nobody told me that. Twenty-five percent reported. Well, they got so stressed they just took a career break for a while. No what point. the hell does that mean? The that... fact that that's an option for so many people yeah. in modern society is 25%. interesting. 25%. The number of people I know who uh, who have decided, you know, I just decided to take a break and uh, spend a couple of years figuring out what I want to do. Wow, I, n- I never had that option. <laughs> the couple of years to figure out what I want to do. <laughs> and in addition, about 50% reported feeling like they weren't making enough money. I got news for you. <laughs> that feeling may hit you at a number of times yeah. over yeah. your life. Yeah. Get wow. used to it. Yeah. God, that's just so funny. Was it? Was it that nobody asked in the past? Nobody cared what a twenty-six-year-old thought or would report on it or what? Who's, who's to blame for me hearing this? The internet. It's a good question. 
All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. If I'd said, you know what, that just... I want a news report on the fact that I'm a little stressed about what I'm going to do for a living, and I, I don't have any money. Report. You know, you can go to a news editor. Tell them, tell them you know, you guys got to do a story on this. It ain't easy. LinkedIn what? Did LinkedIn did the big survey. Thousands of people interviewed. So. There you go. Well, the fact that it's 26 years old is interesting to me. So this accusation from a reporter slash model about Al Franken is pretty detailed and uh, real sounding. Huh. I can hit you with some of the highlights. Suppose I should. We talked about the Roy Moore accusers, right? Sure. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So this is breaking news. Um, a woman accusing uh, Al Franken, senator, of uh, sticking his tongue down her throat, among other things. Stuart Smalley's a perv, allegedly. Who'd have guessed it? We were talking about that perv pool where you could pick uh, five public figures. He would have been way down my list. Still alleged at this point, but man, it is detailed. And this woman is a, a public figure. She's uh, put her reputation online. In fact, she's a, a radio newswoman. And he groped her while she was asleep. Forced a kiss on her, stuck his, stuck his tongue in her mouth. Yeah. So she's doing a USO show with him in 2006. She is a model and sports broadcaster. And uh, they were doing a skit. He had written some allegedly funny skits for the USO show. And part of the uh, one of the jokes was he was going to kiss her. And backstage, he said, we need to rehearse the kiss. And she said, no, we don't. And he said, yeah, we need to rehearse the kiss. He insisted, and, and she thought, well, okay, I, I'll, go, I'll go along with rehearsing it. He grabs her by the back of the head, puts his lips to hers, and then jams his tongue down her throat. Yeah. She shoves him away and says, goddamn tongue out by the roots. Right. If Elvis was her dad, that's what he would have said. She shoves him away and says, don't ever do that again. Says she runs to the bathroom to try to get the taste of him out of her mouth, which is disgusting, feeling all violated and whatnot. Now, that is gross. Oh, it's funny how if you want someone's tongue in your mouth, it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) Yes, that is funny. Any of the seven billion people that you're not in a, you know, that kind of relationship within, it sounds pretty abhorrent. That could be repeated, uh, re-many an act, but we won't. (laughs) Um, I, (laughs) um... And 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 the, and the writing, I could have just read read it the way she writes it. I mean, it's 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 very detailed. It's got. I mean, the the, the story for the past week is Roy Moore's accusers sound credible, which mm-hmm. I would agree. Yes, there's just the way they tell the story, the detail. It just sounds credible. This sounds credible, also. Yes, it does. Uh, the, yeah, the the amount of detail, the specificity, and the fact that. Again, as a public figure, she's out there saying, "Look, this happened, and I'm ready to stand behind it." That makes a difference. Um, there are quirky aspects to the column she wrote. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, we have Sarah Westwood on the phone. Oh, cool. We like Sarah Westwood. Oh, we do. From the uh, yeah, she is. Uh, she's been uh, tweeting about this story, I guess. So it's making the rounds in Washington D.C. Senator Al Franken has not been that big a deal, but lately, for whatever reason, I, I guess because the the power of uh, the Democratic Party is in the the real progressive wing. 
um, he just shows up more and more and more as the person grilling the big the big subject of a hearing and that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's getting a little seniority now too. Yeah, they're in Minnesota. Uh, so is she online or not? Yeah. Oh, just no. a second. Okay. All right. Um, go ahead. Cool. <laughs> I want to know what she's uh, got so to say. What line? Line one? Oh, that line. This is what breaking news is like, people. Well, some places. Sarah Westwood joins us from the Washington Examiner. Hello, Sarah. Oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. So Next person tells me she's on the line isn't. I'm going to put you in a grave. Other than our dia- Steve Bannon uh, dialogue there. Other than our dialogue on stage at the rest of the shows, I never had any voluntary conversation with Al Franken again. I avoided him as much as possible and made sure I was never alone with him again for the rest of the tour. Franken repaid me with petty insults, including drawing devil horns on at least one of the headshots I was autographing for the troops. Uh, But he didn't stop there. The tour wrapped up, and on Christmas Eve, we began the 36-hour trip home to L.A. After two weeks of grueling travel and performing, I was exhausted. We were on the cargo plane, took off from Afghanistan. I immediately fell asleep, and even though I was still wearing my flak vest and Kevlar helmet, I fell asleep. It wasn't until I was back in the U.S. and looking through the CD of photos we were given by the photographer that I saw this one. And there's a picture here that she puts out of Al Franken with his hands on her breasts and smiling for whoever took the picture. Right. A wacky she's asleep uh, picture. That's it's, uh, it's well known on road trips, the, the, that genre. But not with uh, you know his hands full on her no her her lady bumps. So, how dare anyone grab my breasts like that and think it's funny? She said. I told my husband everything that happened and showed him the picture. I wanted to shout my shout my story to the world with a megaphone to anyone who would listen. But even as angry as I was, I was worried about the potential backlash and damage going public might have on my career as a broadcaster. But that was then. This is now. I'm no longer afraid. Today, I'm the news anchor on McIntyre in the Morning on KBC Radio in Los Angeles. My colleagues are some of the most... Far su- inferior show to ours, by the way. My colleagues are some of the most supportive people I've ever worked with in my career, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, we'll see where this goes. I mean, Senator Franken, you wrote the script, but there's nothing funny about sexual assault. You wrote the scene that would include you kissing me, then relentlessly badgered me into rehearsing the kiss with you backstage when we were alone. You knew exactly what you were doing. You forcibly kissed me without my consent, grabbed my breasts while I was sleeping, and had someone take a photo of doing it, knowing I would see it later and be ashamed, et cetera, et cetera. She thought they were going to do some sort of he tries to kiss her, then she turns her head at the last minute or something, you know, comedy routine. Right. He, as the guy writing the comedy bits with a model... Decides to write in, we actually kiss, and we got to rehearse it backstage. Yeah. Including tongue. Nice. I don't know. So what does it, even if this is completely true, what does this do? He's not going to not be senator. Uh, well, he's going to have to apologize and see if the people of Minnesota buy it. I appreciate her uh, coming forward, but uh, I doubt this damages him any. There, there is a little bit of a concern, I would think, and this is awful that this is true, but there's been so many of these stories now. I, I, they, it gives you the ability to come forward, but the impact is getting lessened by so many of them so many different places. Do you think so? So if, for instance, you perved on somebody in the past, maybe you hire a publicist and you come out and say, you know, I did some of this stuff and I'm really ashamed of it. I'm I, terrible. I apologize. I I regret it. Going forward, I've uh, taken right. full responsibility. Get it out there now. Yeah. So we may see a flood of these things. There may be like a line on the Capitol steps, you know, 75 deep with congressmen and senators and 
reporters and whomever else ready to confess. Who knows? Mrs. Franken might not be too happy with the story. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.